This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. As always, lots to talk about tonight. Of course, your calls are primary if you make them. Uh, let's start things out, though. Uh, let's see. What what do we have on the t- I literally ran in the studio moments before the well, show. And I've I'm got here. a good one. I'm ready to go. You do? Well, then yeah. get on it. Eight-year-old guitar whiz has reason to play the blues. From Elkhorn, Wisconsin. This is from Yahoo News. Um, looks like it was an Associated Press uh, writer, Carrie. Oh, I saw this story. This is Blair. crazy. Yeah, it is. When uh, Talon, T-Man Lotz, was five, he saw J- Joe Satriani play guitar on TV. I turned around to my dad and said, that's exactly what I want to do. Three huh. years and countless of hours practicing later, eight-year-old, eight-year-old Talon is a blues guitar prodigy. He's playing in bars and clubs, including the House of Blues in Chicago. The House of Blues in Chicago. That's big deal, man. That's, that's about as big the, as it gets, right? Yeah, that's as big as it gets for the blues. And even jammed with Les Paul and Jackson Brown. He has a summer of festivals scheduled and has drawn interest from venues worldwide. And what, might you ask, would a kid not even in the third grade have to sing the blues about? Uh, not to mention a, <laughs> a, a kid making all kinds of money being a blues uh, guitarist. Well, the state of Wisconsin, for one, and some possibly jealous older musicians, for another. An anonymous email sent to state officials complained that Fallon, excuse me, Talon, was too young. Oh, good heavens. I'm sorry. I, uh, something popped up. Too young uh, to perform in taverns and nightclubs because of a uh, state child labor law. His booking agent even got an anonymous letter threatening her with death if she keeps booking him. When Talon's father read him, in the, um, read him the state's letter saying he couldn't play in clubs anymore, he's not old enough to read the letter. <laughs> he could still play in festivals. The boy's response, like his music, seemed beyond his years. He goes, it's not how many times you get knocked down, it's how many times you get back up and go forward. Carl Lotz said his son told him, and I told him that's exactly what this is all about. And if nothing else, this letter has just taught you a life lesson. The lesson can be stiff. Each day he performs, the employer could be fined from $25 to $1,000, and the parents from $10 to $250. Wow. Doesn't, it's not good, but if this kid's that great, all he has to do is make more than $1,200, uh, you know, $1,300 per gig just to pay off the fines. Yeah, that doesn't sound like a great deal. It's not a great deal, but I'm just saying, you know, it, I don't know that it's even a deterrent. You know, I mean, child labor laws, child, children can work in uh, California being uh, child actors, and then they can play those uh, films in Wisconsin. Why doesn't Wisconsin go in California and stop those people from uh, letting, you know, abusing their children? Or at least don't allow the films to play in Wisconsin. There you go. Jennifer Ortiz, Ortiz of the uh, State Equal Rights Division said her agency has a responsibility to enforce the law once it becomes aware of a violation. That's right. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what your situation is, your individual circumstances are. It doesn't matter that, you know, the idea behind child labor laws was to prevent kids from being worked to the bone in a factory or something like that, uh, you know, worked against their will in some way. And and that this young man is clearly able to make the choice for himself as to, I mean, as he said, when he was five years old, that's what I want to do. Not very many kids can say, you know, 
for certain at that age what they want to do. I think he, it's amazing. It's great. He did it. You know, um, we're looking at the we're watching the Olympics. Uh, you know, my, my wife's keeping tabs on the Olympics, and there's mm-hmm. this. Uh, Oh, gosh, it shows how little I pay attention. There's this swimmer guy that's amazing, right? Uh, okay. He's, he's, uh, he, he, he's, won, he's, he's on the verge of winning the most. He's won the most medals of anyone ever, and then maybe the most medals this year um, in, mm. of anyone in one Olympics. And I don't remember the guy's name, and I'm sure I should. Apparently, it's 12 thousand calories a day which is the most ludicrous thing i've ever heard of in my life Hmm. (laughs) um but he obviously he's like 25 or something like that he obviously has known his whole life what he wants to do and i think it's fabulous when somebody knows that and we shouldn't be getting in their way and you know the these these bureaucrats whoever these jealous musicians are likely it's jealous musicians yeah that this uh eight-year-old got the book you know the gig booked and they couldn't yeah um they're they're using the force of law and uh, you know these these public officials should be saying no way this is fantastic we're not getting in the way of this i'm absolutely with you uh but unfortunately this is what it's about it's about getting in the way of people who have made consensual decisions with one another in this case the eight-year-old decided he wanted to play the guitar his dad helped him you know contact various different venues and the venues decided man this is really cool young person we want to encourage people to get into music so we have this kid here to play his music and he's actually pretty good apparently so everybody here is agreeing to this deal. The people that come to see the eight-year-old play have agreed to come see a young, uh, young lad play the guitar. So the only person, the only people that could possibly be upset about this are these do-gooders who believe that they, uh, their view of what children should be and what you know kids should be able to do with their lives should be enforced upon everyone at the threat of violence. Because yeah, if you don't pay those fines, they're gonna hurt you they're going to put you in a jail cell well ortiz says well the law prohibits it and the legislature yes enacted the laws to protect the health safety and welfare of all children it's just crazy Lats, no, that's I believe the father, who is also Talon's manager, has asked the legislature for um, legis- has last a legislator for help changing the law, but it's unclear whether any action will be taken. Lats received a letter a few days before Talon was to perform at Little Downtown Lounge in suburban Milwaukee, where club owner Michelle Boucher said the boy always packed the place when he uh, sat mm-hmm. in it with other musicians. And I'm sure yeah. I'd be interested. You know what? If he was playing around here, I'd go see. Yeah, it's cool. Lats claims that uh, two weeks before getting the letter, he overheard local blues guitarist Jammin' Jimmy, whose real name is James Kennedy, say Talon shouldn't be in a bar and he was going to turn him in. Oh, geez. So it was another guitarist. Well, that's how it looks. Kennedy, who's been... Dirty snitch. Yeah. Kennedy, who's been playing for 44 years, denied bad-mouthing Talon. So it's it's hard to say. It seems totally unbelievable that somebody would even go to that extreme to send a letter to somebody, let alone looking to find something about child labor laws, said um, Kennedy. Kearney? Uh, this is the guitarist, Kim, Kimmy. Excuse me, Kimmy. Look like Kennedy. Um, Boucher says she's received black, backlash from musicians and area bar owners because she supports talent. Um, some huh. have uh, tried to take wow. patrons away. She said some even uh, called in fake incidents to the police, causing them to look for guns or underage drinkers. She said, "What a bunch of jerks!" If my doors close and I never open again, and this boy becomes successful, then I will be the happiest person in the world. Didn't she somebody said. get a death threat? Over this? Yeah, this was uh, the manager. Right. The manager got a death threat. Talon's agent, that, that's, that's her, um, excuse me, it was the agent. Sharon Pomaville said she received a threatening letter June 2nd warning her to stop 
booking the boy. She <laughs> thinks he's a local musician and believes he's harmless. Deputies became uh, came to her house. She thinks it was a local musician um, and, and that he's harmless. Deputies came to her house, but she uh, didn't want to pursue the case. Greg Koch, 42, an internationally known guitarist and uh, clinic. Um, clinician for Fender Musical Instruments called the backlash despicable. He said most eight-year-olds don't have the strength or attention span to pursue guitar and can't endure the calluses. It's strange that a uh, kid at this age would uh, glean on to this particular kind of music and show the intensity and kind of ability to function as this eight-year-old blues guy does. He said, Brad Tolaniski, editor and chief of Guitar World magazine, said, kid guitar prodigies are rare, with one emerging perhaps every four or five years. It would be unusual to find an eight-year-old who can play Joe Satriani licks, he said. Carl Lotz said, that's the father, there's no explanation for Talon's blues connection other than he seems to have an old soul. I've had uh, more people tell me, um, they say that it's the kind of body, it's a kid's body, but he has a 70-year-old blues dude inside, (laughs) said Carl Lotz. (laughs) The playing of this blues angle real heavy. Talon, whose heroes are Jimi Hendrix and Stevie Ray Vaughan, has 13 guitars and endorsements from at least nine companies to use their equipment. So He could read music, but most um, mostly plays from memory. Is he allowed to, uh, by the government's rules, to play a public venue as long as it's not a bar? Or? He's allowed to play the festivals and that kind of thing, from what I understand. But, but he can't go into bars not, and play that. Yeah, he's not supposed to be playing in the bars. I think it's outrageous. If you are one of and these... And that's where the money is, by the way. Um, yeah. You know, these bars pay... And, they pay. And, they, you know, they, they pay. It's day in and day out work. If you are one of these people that thinks that this uh, young man should be prevented from playing his guitar in the places that would like him to play his guitar in, I would love to hear from you at 1-800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. That's 1-800-259-9231, and you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, where we've got the Shrine of Female Listeners, the dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send us their validated photo and prove that they listen to the show. Just go to shrine.freetalklive.com, see what that's all about, shrine.freetalklive.com. And our friends over at SACL CAI have a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL knows the way they treat your customer reflects on you, so their staff is respectful. They record every call, and they have the best equipment money can buy, so your business is handled as efficiently as possible. See their banner at freetalklive.com. That's SACL. C-A-I, as we go to your phone calls about what you want, Elizabeth is on the line in Connecticut. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Elizabeth. Hi, guys. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Um, I've been listening to a lot of the callers um, about homeschooling, and yeah. um, a lot of people have comments about it and things they've observed and stuff, but I haven't really heard anyone call and say they were homeschooled, and now they're an adult, and I, I was, so I kind of okay. want to talk about that. How did it work out for you? Great. It was like it was the best choice I ever made. And I say I ever made because my parents really researched it and looked into it when I wasn't happy with my local government school. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they looked into it and they eventually offered it to my sister and I to make the decision whether or not to do it. 
Hmm. And um, so my sister and I, I mean, I was a third grader and she was in kindergarten and they, you know, they let us make this decision. Hmm. And we talked it over and we talked over the pros and cons. I mean, you know, this is a third grader and a kindergartner saying, well, you know, other kids might not understand this decision. And, you know, are we going to be made fun of what, you know, you know, what, what is to our benefit here? Right. And um, we eventually decided to do it. And um, my parents chose a form called unschooling, which um, is pretty popular in the homeschooling community. It's without a specific curriculum. The kids just kind of let their studies go where their interests are. Is that what I've described uh, on the air, where the parents will give you just the basic core knowledge that you need in order to learn stuff, like you know, being able to read and write and do a little bit of math? Yeah, oh, absolutely. And then um, you just sort of get turned loose, and uh, I, I know Mark doesn't like that phrase, but uh, where you get to just explore the things that interest you? Yeah, absolutely. That was my experience. Um, I, there was a gentleman caller on Saturday, I believe, who mm-hmm. his basic point was that there just aren't the resources available to homeschoolers that there are to public schoolers. And I, I really have to, degree, to disagree in the opposite direction. I mean, there's... There's way more opportunities for homeschoolers than there are for public schoolers. Um, hmm. You know, there's there's textbooks written just for homeschoolers, and and kids used to ask me, "So your mom teaches you? Is she a teacher?" And I would say, "No, you know, I I really teach myself," and that just boggles everyone's oh, mind. Yeah. Right. You know? and, and that's the skill that I think that is most valuable that comes out of homeschooling is who's after after you get out of college, who's going to teach you? Right. There's yeah. nobody out no there one. to teach you for the rest of your life. The and, desire to learn, right? And, and, and learning is a lifelong experience, hopefully. Right. Oh, absolutely. And, and, and that um, gentleman's other point was, oh, well, how are they going to get into college? And, you know, we have the opportunity to take SATs just like anyone else. And, in fact, some colleges have really created new applications for homeschoolers, knowing that these standardized tests don't really mean anything and that these homeschoolers, as far as self-starters and self, just very motivated, are going to be better than the average public schooled student and they're really welcoming them and trying to make like a fast lane <laughs> to get into college. Now, um, you know, what about sports and uh, other activities? He was talking about uh, you know, band, I think. I, I can't remember mm. exactly what this gentleman uh, yeah, was talking about. You know, all these worry warts that just assume that if you don't do things exactly the way that uh, everybody else does them, that it's just not going to work well, out. And there's never been any in- innovation if it, you don't do something different. It's like they presume that because it's called homeschool means you never leave your house. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I used to get that question all the time, like, so do you hang out in your pajamas all day? Like, you know, like, there's this presumption that because I was home, I wasn't being structured, I wasn't learning anything. Right. And um, as far as band and sports, um, in my town, I was not allowed to participate in school extracurriculars. Um, it varies by state. I know Vermont, as long as you pay taxes, you're allowed a homeschool child is allowed to participate in extracurricular activities like band and sports. Um, in Connecticut, that was not the case. Connecticut, um, even the Connecticut bureaucrats really weren't clear on what the rules were, and they tried to push a lot of stuff on my mom, and my mom fought against them and wrote newsletters to other homeschoolers saying, you can stand up against them and, you know, that kind of thing. Um, my family, we participated in town, like, recreation sports. So you, you, your your parents had to pay for the tax, um, t- pay taxes to support other people's kids playing sports, but they couldn't. Their kids couldn't play. 
Right. That's nice. Correct. That's wow. real nice. Yeah. So what? So how old are you now? What are you doing now? How uh, successful has your life been after uh, you know finishing homeschooling? Um, I'm 24. I graduated college from a all women's um, private college here in Connecticut, hmm. and I'm now getting my master's in library sciences. Does that um, mean you'll be a librarian? Yes. That's what yeah. it means. And I plan on homeschooling my children and basically just telling everyone I know to do it. <laughs> Good for you. That is fantastic. What a wonderful uh, success story. And, and it's certain that you are not the only one who has had such glowing success with the homeschooling. So movement. in Connecticut, do you have to um, – d- d- did your parents have to r- sort of report their curriculum to mm-hmm. uh, some bureaucrat out there? Um, How'd that go? That's actually a funny story because the bureaucrats were under the impression that we did. And so at the beginning of the year, when we first started homeschooling, my mother would have to write a letter of intent. You know, I intend to homeschool my children. And she had to say 180 days during the year, because that's a school year. And she got a letter back saying, oh, Mrs., you know, her last name. Right. The school year is 182 days. Please resubmit your letter. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> so she finally, by researching the laws and researching work other people have done, learned that she didn't have to do that. Isn't that funny that yeah, the bureaucrats tell you one thing. don't know their own laws? Right. Well, oh, maybe no. they do, Mark, but they just you know, can make some crap up and hope that you go along with it. In this case, they didn't. They, they just truly didn't know it. And mm. um, they also tried to enforce her to bring a portfolio of the work we'd done over the year. And, you know, we had to present it to the principal of the school we would have attended. <laughs> And and she couldn't care less. I mean, really, That's she good. couldn't because, it, and it was very obvious. You know, she tried to make comments to my mom like, oh, well, what level of math is she doing or, or whatever. Right, you know? she tried I mean, to sound interested. Right, exactly. And she, she truly wasn't. And then when my mom realized we really didn't have to do that, we didn't. We didn't do it anymore. And she told all the homeschooling families she knew not to do it anymore. Good. You know, uh, the principal, of course, she's not interested. She's trying to break up gunfights down in, uh, you know, the, mm-hmm. right. down in A-Wing. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> she's got she's got the inmates to take care of. She doesn't need to worry about you guys. Right. <laughs> Great story, Elizabeth. Thank you for sharing it with us. And uh, hopefully you'll submit your picture to the shrine. Oh, so we can Elizabeth, a, before uh, you go, uh, yeah. uh, uh, when did you uh, when did you graduate? How old were you? Um, I was. Well, I, I ended up going to high school for uh-huh. um, for my high school years. Okay. Um, I don't know why I chose that. I did regret it at times. Really? But I was. I was definitely. I graduated normal. Age in Good. Just Thank wondering. you for the call tonight. Appreciate it. More coming up. This is Free okay. Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free. So enjoy those on us. And the features include, by the way, archives. If you've missed a moment of the show, just click and download right there on the front page of the website. An entire year's worth of Free Talk Live, all free for you at freetalklive.com. Deck C20. I've been uh, taking it for a couple of weeks now. I've lost weight. I'm eating less. It's an appetite suppressant, and it uh, prevents... 
certain enzymes from attaching in fat molecules, therefore they don't clump together or something. I don't know exactly. You can uh, try it and benefit, too. DexC20 you can get it at most major retailers or go to diet.freetalklive.com. That's diet.freetalklive.com. Let's continue with your calls about what you want. Daniel is on the line in South Dakota. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Daniel. Hello. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Um, I was wondering if you guys are familiar with the issue of outgas from computers and TVs. What is what is that? Like, you mean like they're decomposing well, or something? Well, okay. They embed flame retardants in with the circuit boards and plastic casings, and when they when your device gets hot, the the gases from the flame retardants go into the air, and uh, makes some sense. You actually you inhale them when you use a computer or watch TV or just are in the same. And what is area. it that uh, is alleged that these gases do? What is the the concern? Um, well, for example, brominated flame retardants are like one of the worst ones, and some of those have been banned in Europe, but they're still legal in America. And, okay, they're suspected of being neurotoxins, immunotoxins, and endocrine disruptors from the study I read. So if this is true, then wouldn't that mean, like, all the computer geeks out there are going to, what, keel over and get sick? or Aren't they at higher risk? How long have they been using these and been putting these things into televisions and computers? Since... When PCBs got banned about 30 years ago, they started using them. So there's and in over the last 10 years, they've switched to like a kind that supposedly is the worst one. So so, so somebody who's sitting could in a correspond to like our diabetes epidemic or you know our obesity. So some technician that causing is causing diabetes. You don't think it's just all the crap that Americans are eating? Yeah. So so what you're t- you're telling me is that the technicians that sit all day long in a server room, you know, these uh, different locations around the country that have multiple computers running uh-huh. 24 hours a day in them, you're telling me that uh, if we took a look at those people, we'd find that they had diabetes or some other awful. Well, they're disease. sitting all day. I wouldn't doubt that they're predisposed <laughs> to diabetes. <laughs> I just oh, that's a good question. I just I'm yeah. really sensitive to it and when I sit down to a computer I just I feel horrible. Now and hold so on. I know like before you go on, do you think it, <laughs> were you sensitive to it before you read this or just after? <laughs> it was actually before and then I went searching and then I found this. It's interesting. I mean I I absolutely do believe that some people are more sensitive to things like that than others, and that uh, one shouldn't poo-poo it in, entirely based on that. But you know, right. I, I would also not rest here with the uh, you know the the diagnosis as, as to what's making you sick because you don't know for certain that it's this. You've just read read an article and you suspect, and you may very well be right. But at the same time, there may well, be something else that you could do something. Yeah, where about. did you find the article? Where did this come from? Um. Okay, you can go to. Okay, I got a website. I, I'll plug it, but it, I don't know if you want me to or not. Go ahead. I asked you where you found okay. it. Go ahead. It's so, rawair.net. Rawair.net. Okay. Slash info. Uh-oh. Okay, now it's getting too long. It's getting too long. So what is what is rawair.net? What is that? It's my website. I'm trying to... Are you breathing toxic computer chemicals? Sensitive to computers? Yeah. It might be... So this is your own website. And yeah, you collect stuff. Information, I have an information page. Click why buy. And what is it that you you've got here? You've got some sort of device that uh, what surrounds the computer and and what does this yeah, do? It's it's a airtight enclosure for your device, so you don't have to breathe the fumes of it. 
Well, how could you have an airtight? How can you have an airtight enclosure for your computer? I mean, the, these things need cooling, so you have to get fresh air in there so you can keep your computer chip at a uh, reasonable temperature, and that way you don't get overheating problems. And that's my my device is uh, has a cooling feature in it, and um, I measured. I put a thermometer on top of the, my computer modem, and I measured the the normal temperature with the room temperature was seventy eight. The modem got got up to 105. Mm-hmm. That's normal. And then when I enclosed it and I put a fan inside, that alone cooled the temperature down, the reading down to about in the 90s. So what are you charging for these things? Um, you got to know the answer. Well, you gotta, yeah, you got to know these answers. I mean, people want to know these things. What is it like a grand uh, or something? Well, yeah, the computer one will be. Yeah. Grand and right. the modem probably be well, you know, I have to say, if you're paranoid of all kinds of hidden, uh, dangerous gases... Or you're sensitive to them. Uh, yeah, then this might be a good product for you. Maybe you should advertise with us. Uh, hey, go, go ahead and email Mark, and uh, you can buy some ads, because yeah. this is about the only time you'll be able to plug it for free. Thanks for the call, and good luck. 800-259-9231. I'm sorry, I don't believe it for a moment. Well, I do. I, I think that I, you're going to go out and buy one of these. No, I'm, okay, I, I, don't I don't have any. Much. I don't have any uh, sensitivity to it. But I do think that people are sensitive to things that we don't know about. And I do know that they use the fire retardants do off gas, and that's not a great thing. Uh, so I, I I believe that some people can have how, problems with it. How would they off gas exactly? I don't understand that. I mean that the boards aren't catching on fire. So what's causing them to create a gas? Um, it's probably oxidation. I mean, it can be happen. It can happen through heat. I mean, you know, probably mm-hmm. just having one of these things. You know, whatever it is that this fire retardant, sticking it to your face and walking around all day. That's not going to mm-hmm. be particularly a brand new one. That's not going to be particularly good for you. Yeah. Well, there's people out there that'll tell you that your cell phone's going to cause cancer, and now it's your computer. I don't think that's the cell phone thing's a problem. True. Doesn't make any and, sense. And well, you don't. You, what well, you believe this, but you don't think the cell phone thing's true. I think that fire retard. I know the fire retardant's off gas. Yeah. I just. Uh, <laughs> Whatever. It seems pretty uh, pretty outrageous, and to suggest that the solution is to put your computer in a large metal box that costs a thousand dollars, I don't know. Seems kind of questionable to me. Would love your thoughts on this. Maybe you know a little bit more about computers than I do. I mean, I've I've built them, so I know a little bit about them, but I I can't say for sure what kind of process the PC boards go through. What you know, the actual insides, the innards of the computer, the the motherboards and things like that. I mean, these things are hard plastic with metal and capacitors and things like that on There's them. There's not some kind of, I don't know. I didn't know that hard... Fire, I don't know what fire, I know I don't know hard, what the fire retardants are. Yeah, I, I didn't know, know that hard plastic is uh, inherently flammable, but I suppose it's possible. What do I know, right? If you know a little more, we'd love to hear from you. 800-259-9231, as long as you're not trying to sell us something. We just want to hear from somebody that like knows something about this. 800-259-9231, that's the SACL CAI toll-free line. I just think that all the uh, the people out there that are paranoid about all the different things that could possibly be toxic to them, the, you know, they're kind of like hypochondriacs where they're sick, and so they want to blame something else for them being sick when, in fact, it may actually be their mindset that is contributing to allowing them to get sick. Does that make any sense? It does to me. I I I would agree that that's a, an issue too. So I wonder if this this guy is a hypochondriac. Well, I mean, or he has a problem. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Let's talk to Dave in Montana. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Dave. Hey guys. Hey, what's on your mind? Hey, I find it funny, man, or curious. Uh, people worrying about like gas coming out of a computer that's 
they don't even know if it's getting them sick or not. And you're going to spend the thousand dollars on this thing <laughs> to put around. But yet, forty-two thousand people die each year in a car. And this guy, he's going to get in his car and drive down the road seventy miles an hour and not even think about dying or anything. But he、mm. could die, bang, that night, and nobody even puts a second thought. But yet they want to worry about me smoking a cigarette because it might kill me in 30 years or something. And where, where, where's the line drawn about worrying about dying? It's a great question. Ed, you could you could die by a coconut falling on your head. You know,、right. meteors can come out of the sky. You know, it's just crazy. They make these all these laws, and insurance companies get involved in it. And these guys, they they jump in a car and go right down the road and. You know they got a good chance of not making it. You know. Yeah, I know you had something else you might might have wanted to comment on. Hang on, Dave. I'm looking at this、uh, this guy's website, and I'm thinking, wait a minute. Now there does appear to be some sort of drawer on this device because don't you have to open it up to put a CD or a DVD in this thing? I mean, wouldn't that let the evil toxic gases out and possibly kill you? you More on the way.、On. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231. Sakel CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. And if you like Free Talk Live and want to help support the show, then shop with us at Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. Enter Amazon through that link, and Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. Whatever you buy, either used or new, anything goes. Just load it in your cart, get it delivered to your door, and feel good because you're getting a great deal. And Free Talk Live is getting a percentage if you enter through Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. We continue with Dave in Montana.、Uh, do you have any other thoughts for us tonight, Dave? Go ahead. Dave in Montana, going once. Hey, you're right. Hey, Hello. Dave. Go ahead, sir. You're on、can、the you air. Hear me? Yes, sir. You're on、you、the air. You guys got real soft. I can't explain why that would be, but we can hear you fine. So go ahead, sir. All right. Talking about cars, I think if they wanted to do something about getting off gas, they should put the muffler in the front of the car, so it hits you right in the face. It comes in the front. They'll they'll get off it. It seems like if we put the muffler in the back and all the exhaust goes out the back, we don't care. Hmm. <laughs> It's an interesting observation. I don't think you're going to sell too many cars with mufflers in the front. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> probably not. But there you go, Dave. But, Thanks. But,、uh, go ahead. I'm just wondering where, what's the the hype about dying and all this other stuff? But you see, so thousands of people on the road knowing that they could die that day. Sure. Where, what's the What's the psychology of that? Why do we fear、know. death in certain other ways? I think ways? it's the same kind of people that you know they're scared that there's chemicals being dropped from the sky, and they're scared that there's chemicals being you know poisoning their water. And everywhere they turn, there's somebody lurking around a corner、uh, trying to poison them. And it's just some sort of weird paranoid、uh, world that they live in. Yeah, but they're worried about dying, but they'll drive. I don't understand. Where, where did why did they, they don't understand that yeah, they could die that day in the car or you know. <laughs> And they make laws and trying to control us, man. I don't understand fear, it either. You know, it's a great question, Dave, and maybe someone else can answer it. Thank you for the call tonight. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. What is that mentality where your prioritization, as far as the the risks that you take, are not? It's not quite accurate to the realities of the world around you. I, I, well, that would be, I don't know, viewing the world、uh, significantly differently from、uh, the average population would be called insanity. I mean, All right, so we continue and talk. I don't know that I'm ready to call that insanity, though. To Garrett in North Carolina, Garrett, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello there. Hey, 
Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Uh, I just wanted to make a comment about the uh, airtight computer case issue. Yes, sir. <laughs> earlier, I have some knowledge in this. I'm actually uh, majoring in uh, computer sciences. Okay. At school here, and I just want to say anything airtight, uh, an airtight enclosure over a computer case, that would be an inherently bad idea. Why is Air that? Ca- uh, computer cases are designed with chassis fans on them to pull heat from the system outside the chassis. Mm-hmm. There's fans on the motherboard that draw heat up from the parts, the hardware that's being used, and blows them out of the case. So anything airtight, yeah, that's an inherently bad idea. What do you think of this? I mean, I absolutely agree. He seems to think he's figured out a way around it. Uh, I don't, you know, I haven't read the details on his website, but I mean, I'm looking at the product here, and they're like huge welded metal cases that this guy is putting computers in. And I, I mean, he claims that he's figured out a way to keep them cool enough to operate. But I'm, I'm with you, man. I think it's uh, incredibly dangerous to your hardware, not, uh, not necessarily your health. But what do you think about his claims about this so-called off-gassing? As a computer uh, I'm, science I'm major. Not sure, unless he's he, he's got liquid nitrogen stored in there or something, I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to buy it. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but what are you? Do you think his concerns are at all legitimate about the idea that there are certain the parts, fire retardants? Are yeah, that there are certain gassing? parts inside your computer that are creating deadly, noxious, toxic gases that you're inhaling as a computer science no, major. No, no, I don't buy that either. Okay. No, okay. if you have fans on a case that are blowing out hot air, uh, I'm pretty sure that they would be designed not to admit harmful, toxic stuff. That's that's impossible. Okay, well, thank you for the call, Gary. We certainly appreciate hearing from you. Let's talk to Mike in Illinois. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Mike. Hey, guys. Hey, what's on your mind? Um, I, I've got this uh, invention. It's Have you ever heard of uh, the, the gases that, that come off of cars causing uh, like global warming and stuff like that? Yeah, yeah, I have. What's your uh, invention? Well, my invention is um, a big plastic bubble you put around your car, <laughs> and it, it's airtight, so none of the gas can get out and escape into the atmosphere. <laughs> but it can't hurt it. Can't hurt it. The only thing I haven't figured out yet yeah, you is how to get the wheels to to turn inside the plastic bubble. Mm. Well, you just do it like they do hamsters. Uh, you hook it up in there, and then the whole bubble goes. <laughs> It's a neat idea. Mike, thanks for the call. 800-259-9231. I think it was a cuckoo bird at the end of that call. I, I think it was, too. I, yeah. I, you know, I, the guy's pretty, making a product, and somebody out there is going to want it. 1-800-259-9231. That is the Sekel CAI toll-free line. One dollar! One dollar! What can you buy for a dollar? You know, with the uh, the money supply inflating, the government constantly printing more money and putting it into circulation, all of your dollars lose value. We know this. We know about inflation. We know what the Federal Reserve does. And we know that it's just getting harder and harder these days to buy things for less than a dollar. Uh, a dollar just doesn't buy very much. Sure, you get the dollar stores, but you certainly can't buy a house at a dollar store, though maybe you will be able to soon. Maybe, because in Detroit, the news is there's one house that sold for a dollar. Really? And it's a real-life house. It's not like some teeny tiny little outhouse or something like that. Uh, according to DebtNews.com, one dollar can get you a large soda McDonald's, a used VHS movie at 7-Eleven, or a house in Detroit. The fact that a home on the city's east side was listed for one dollar recently shows how depressed the real estate market has become in one of America's poorest big cities. And 
It still took 19 days to find a buyer at that price. At $1. The sale price of the home... People probably couldn't believe it. ...may be an anomaly, but illustrates both the depths of the foreclosure crisis in Detroit and the rapid scuttling of vacant homes in some of the city's impoverished neighborhoods. The home at uh, Traverse Street, a few blocks from the airport, was the nicest house on the block when it sold for 65000 back in November of 2006, according to one of the neighbors. But the home was foreclosed last summer and wasn't long until the vultures closed in. The siding was the first to go. Then they took the fence, and then they broke in and took everything else. Hmm. The company hired to manage the home and sell it. The bearing group boarded up the home only to find the boards stolen and used to board up another abandoned home nearby. Scrappers tore out the copper plumbing, the furnace, and the light fixtures, taking everything of value, including the kitchen sink. It it about doesn't make sense to put the family out. Once people are gone, you're going to lose the house in this neighborhood. Tuesday, the home was wide open. Doors leading into the kitchen and basement were missing, and the front windows had been smashed. Weeds grew chest high, and charred remains marked a spot where the garage recently burned. Put on the market in January for $1,100. The house had no lookers other than the squatters who sometimes stayed there at night. Mm. Facing $4,000 in back taxes and a large unpaid water bill, the bank that owed the property lowered the price to $1. While it's not unusual for a dollar to be exchanged when properties transferred for legal reasons, listing a home in the multiple listing service for a dollar was surprising and unsettling to the listing real estate agent for the property. He says, I've never seen a home listed for a dollar, but it's been hit real hard. It's just a shell. On Tuesday, Realtor.com listed one other single-family home, one duplex, and one empty lot at one dollar each in Detroit. Good Lord. Can it get worse than this? Uh, well, not in Detroit. <laughs> this is amazing. I've heard of uh, places. I've heard of places, and I haven't checked around. That you know, out in the uh, West, uh, you know, st- states like Wyoming, uh, Nevada, Utah, things like that, uh, rural areas where the town will essentially give you the property as long as you're willing to pay the taxes on it. So I guess that. Detroit's not the only place, but it's certainly the first uh, metro that I've ever heard of, uh, you know, acting like that, uh, having these kind of issues. So desperate was the bank owner of the property that it agreed to pay $2,500 in sales commission and another $1,000 bonus for closing the $1 sale. The bank will also pay 500 of the buyer's closing costs, throw in back taxes and a water bill, and unloading the house will cost the bank about $10,000. Good Lord, they're so, willing to pay to get rid of it. Yeah, they really were desperate to get that off. I bet taxes are ridiculous in Detroit. Well, that's what they said. There was a uh, back t- uh, back taxes of like 4000 bucks that was owed on the place. Yeah, I wonder how many years that is. One? Who knows? Anyway, uh, the inv- the guy, the buyer, a local woman, considers the home to be an investment property, and she won't live there. Uh, replacing the guts in the house alone will cost tens of thousands of dollars, and the owner will have trouble keeping scrappers from stealing the improvements as quickly as they're installed. Yeah. Home demolition costs about five grand. You, you've got to have somebody there, and uh, likely you. <laughs> I don't know that investment property in Detroit sounds like even sounds like a good idea. Not to me right now, at least. No, here you go. Here's your answer about property taxes. The new owner will pay thirty nine hundred dollars in property taxes in two thousand nine on her dollar purchase, unless she challenges the tax assessment. Which she should damn well do. Man. 800-259-9231. Tough time in Detroit. And the rest of, uh, you know, America with this dollar suffering some serious damage. It's just, sorry, it is, I think it's a recession, Mark. Well, it's a recession except on paper. 
Hour number two is coming it's up. It's a very real recession, except you on You can paper. take control and bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. You ever have one of those days where everything goes right? First, I get the best parking space at work. Tonight, I have a date with a very lovely Rachel. And today, I gave a killer presentation in Sydney. Finalized a contract in London and demoed our new product in Boston. Online from my desk with WebEx. WebEx lets me take meetings and give presentations from my desk. I just talk to clients on the phone and they watch what's happening on my desktop from their desktop. So I can travel the world and still be here for my date tonight with Rachel. Travel less, meet online. Go to WebEx.com and try WebEx free. Just click the radio graphic and enter promo code 600 to get a free trial and a free webcam too. Remember that code 600 to qualify for the free webcam. WebEx, now part of Cisco and used by more than 5.5 million people every month. Give it a try. Free. Go to WebEx.com and enter the promo code 600. W-E-B-E-X.com. Free webcams available while supplies last. Terms and restrictions apply. See website for details. Talk Live. You can bring up anything via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line as we launch here in hour number two of the program. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Right to your calls. And then we'll talk about a concentration camp that the government people are apparently showing off in advance of actually using it. I'll explain where and what the purpose of this thing is in moments. But first, Gene in Tennessee on the amp line. Hello, Gene. Well, hi, guys. Hey, Gene. What's on your I'm mind? I'm sorry turn? to hear you lost that station last week. Well, I don't know if we've actually lost the station yet, but I believe they have taken us off their weeknights. We may still be on Saturdays. Okay. Well, uh, you know, I once in a while you should listen to old guys like me. Okay. Because we have been around and we're, we... Even though we're old and wrinkled and, and don't look too good, we've got a little bit of wisdom behind our, under our belts. And uh, you probably don't remember this, but on March 25th of this year, if you have the FTL AMP uh, MP3, you can go to minute right around 98, and I told you exactly this. I said that, you know, in the, the freedom types, if we want to promote freedom, we have to accept everybody. We have to be a big, open family, which means, you know, just like in your family, you've got that weird uncle you don't like, you don't like this certain people, but you still smile at them, you still say hi, you still, you know, how you doing? You don't, you don't go up to your weird uncle and call him a weird uncle, even though he probably is. Yep, you're right, so, Gene, you're right. And that's why we came to the conclusion, uh, you know, after a lot of uh, thinking and, and reflecting. That I'm hard-headed. I don't learn from anything but uh, experience. <laughs> yeah, that's why we came to the conclusion that we had been mean to the fringers, and so we are going to be uh, more respectful toward them. However, uh, they should also learn that same lesson, and they don't respect everybody us. Everybody should learn that lesson. Yeah, they There's don't, no they don't respect that we aren't uh, interested in doing the hundreds of hours of research on their nonsensical topics. Uh, like they are, and they, you know, that's not good enough for them. So hopefully they'll come to right. that same conclusion. And, and everybody should learn that lesson. You're right. And uh, so the message goes out to all, not just to Ian and Mark, but to everybody out there that you've got to quit fighting, quit the infighting, quit the bickering, 
with the calling people names. You just, you know, if you don't agree with 100% of what somebody says, just smile and move on to something that you can agree on. There you go. That's Good advice. The, that's the strength behind Ron Paul is he's got that ability. You know, he's got the fringe types. He goes on Alex Jones all the time, but he never gets... Doesn't come on Free Talk Live that much. <laughs> yeah, well... Can you get him on? I'd sure like to hear him more. I've, I've uh, had him, I, we had him on once. Getting so. the communications director to return your calls is apparently a challenge. Thank you, Gene, for the call and the uh, suggestion. We appreciate it. 800-259-9231. Because we might all end up in the same concentration camps together. This, according to CBS4 at, uh, I think, that, yeah, Denver. Uh, CBS 4 News has learned if mass arrests happen at the Democratic National Convention, those taken into custody will be jailed in a warehouse owned by the city of Denver. You remember a couple of years back, I believe it was the 2004, maybe 2006, I'm not sure which one, but it was one of the, the recent political conventions in New York City, Mark, where we read a story about how the protesters were sweeped off the streets and housed in a detention facility. Yeah, that, that was for the re- people that were, you know, protesting the Republicans, right? Yeah, it was the Repo- it happened to be the Republican convention. This one happens to be the Democrat con- convention, but the techniques are going to be virtually identical. Mm-hmm. Where these protesters that are, you know, are not wanted to be seen. The pro- the politicos do not want protesters anywhere near the actual convention locations. And Sounds if you, darn un-American to me. Yeah, if you get too close or whatever, if they don't like the way you look or whatever the reason is, they can sweep you up and put you in this facility, which looks an awful lot like the very same or the, the similar one that happened in New York. And uh, we'll describe it to you here. One of their investigators on the news team at CBS uh, CBS 4 in Denver got a look inside. The newly created lockup is on the northeast side of Denver. Protesters have already given the place a name, Gitmo on the Platte. Inside are dozens of metal cages. They're made out of chain-link fence material and topped by rolls of barbed wire. This is a secured environment, said Captain Frank Gale from the Sheriff's Department. We're concerned about how that's going to be utilized by people who will be potentially disruptive. In past conventions, mass arrests have taken place. With Denver's jails already overflowing, new space had to be created and officers trained. Each of the fenced areas is about five yards by five yards, and there's a lock on the door. A sign on the wall reads, Warning, electric stun devices used in this facility. CBS4 showed its video to leaders of groups that plan to demonstrate during the convention. According to Zoe Williams of Code Pink... Oh, my God. I mean, it's like threatening them. That's exactly what this is. Uh, Zoe Williams of Code Pink says, Very bare bones and reminiscent of a political prisoner camp or concentration camp. Williams is one of those arrested at the Republican convention in New York in 2004. Uh, Adam Jung of Tent, Tent State University says, That's how you treat cattle. You showed the sign where it said, Stun gun in use, and you just changed the word uh, gun for bolt, and it's a meat processing plant. Gail would not discuss the facility at this time, Gail uh, being the captain of the sheriff's department. He said, we want to make sure we get our game plan set. We want to make sure the entire procedure is laid out, all the personnel know what they're supposed to do. The plans were to keep this lockup a secret, at least for now. The sheriff's department said late Tuesday the mayor's office will be releasing a statement about it early next week, while the ACLU says it will ask the city of Denver how prisoners will get access to food and water, bathrooms, telephones, plus medical care, and if there will be a place to meet with attorneys. So what else can you do? I guess you can just ask a bunch of questions about it because you sure can't go in and stop them from doing this, can you? No. If they want to round a bunch of people up and put them into some holding facility, which really looks like a concentration camp, you know, just envision an empty warehouse with huge sections of chain link fence with barbed wire at the top. 
just a vast empty warehouse with sections of barbed wire uh, chain link fence. <laughs> That's what these protesters are going to be roped into if the police decide to do so, which they will because they like to do that stuff. So look forward to this happening well, in Denver soon. Y- y- they, they like, to, they, they like a, a distinct line drawn between the good guys and the bad guys. If you are out on the street with protesters, you might just get caught up with them. When they went, remember the story of New York was they came in and literally swept everyone off the entire street. So it didn't matter if you were a protester or if you were just some businessman who was walking from one point to another. Remember the lady um, down in Miami who got shot in the head with the uh, rubber bullet? She was just yeah. uh, you know just an attorney who. Uh, so she of, did decide to pick up and protest. That she day. did, but I mean you know she was. She just happened to be there. But the important point about that story, beyond the fact that she got uh, shot in the head, was the police laughed about it later. Yeah. On video, they laughed about shooting the woman in the head. And so you can imagine that the police will just be having a good old time, taking a bunch of youngsters off the streets, you know, people in their early 20s and late teens that might be out there protesting. Maybe some older ladies, because sometimes, you know, Code Pink and those other groups have some old hippies and that mm-hmm. sort of thing uh, protesting. And uh, so whether whoever you are, Republican, Democrat, Independent, non-voter, if you are in the streets when the police decide to round up a bunch of people to put them into this facility, you could be in there for hours upon hours, and they'll let you out when they want to let you out. And like, you know, like the AC. CLU says they don't even know anything about this. They're trying to find out the basics as to, you know, are you going to have to just pee in the cell or are you going to be able to go and actually use a bathroom? And that was one of the big problems last time they did this was there were so many people in there. The logistics of of dealing with all of that was was very, very difficult. And so this is continuing that very frightening, disturbing trend of penning Americans when they do something the government doesn't like. Something that's a totally nonviolent behavior, protest is not in any Penning way inherently dangerous. Right. In, in most cases, they don't charge these people. They That's just correct. hold them for they a period of them, time. Right. They hold them until the, the convention is done for the day or whatever, wh- however long the period of time is, and then they let them go. And there's, there, there's, there's nothing. There's no kind of responsibility that they have for – I mean, they, you can't just pick somebody up no, and then you, let them go. No, but, if they pee their pants, there's no – you know, they're not going to give you a fresh pair of pants or anything like that. It's, it, it's just – it's wrong. I mean, you should be arrested for being arrested, and then, and then you've got to try me. Yeah, and if you did but it wrong, you trial. should be responsible. You know, the, the, whomever arrested me and did it falsely should be responsible for breaking the Constitution or whatever right. they did. But they're not. If they just pen a bunch of people there and they don't even, you know, if they're just holding you and then they let you go later, they don't even have any evidence that you were there. So it's your word against theirs. You would say, "Well, I got penned up in this uh, holding facility," and they'll say, "Well, we can't. You can't prove that." Some people did manage to sneak cameras into the one in New York City, so that's how we got to got to see a look inside. I bet inside. they don't make that mistake again. Well, this time they've let the cameras in advance to show off what it is they're planning on doing to yeah, people. Yeah, but they, they won't have uh, cameras in at the time that people are in there. More on the way. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. The toll-free number for you is 1-800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those, including the bulletin board system. With over 375,000 posts for you to surf around through, there's a lot to discuss, and it's all free over at bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. Are you thinking about starting a business? Here's a word to the wise. Incorporate at LegalZoom.com. Incorporation can help protect you against frivolous lawsuits that can wipe you out. 
LegalZoom.com is fast and easy. Do, they do all sorts of legal documents, patents, wills, trademarks. Use code FTL to save $10 off your order. That's LegalZoom.com. 800-259-9231. Uh, still a few more comments here on this disturbing story out of Denver, where the police, who apparently they had intended to keep this quiet up until the Democratic National Convention, which is scheduled to happen apparently in Denver. But the word got out for whatever reason, and uh, CBS4 there in Denver decided to do a little investigation into this uh, proposed holding facility, which is a city-owned warehouse that used to be uh, utilized for uh, storing vending machines, apparently, until they changed it. Uh, they gutted it out and uh, have put up barbed wire fences inside According to the story, there's a poll there, which is pretty disturbing, where 75% of the respondents, now of course it's totally unscientific, but 75% said that this is a good idea. Well, 75% believe that simply because they're not going to go out and protest anything. They're, you yeah. know, the, the, their little lives, whether they're happy with the politicians or not, isn't about protesting. And protesters get in the way. They jam up traffic, you know, the, things like that. Things go wrong because Well, the convention is going to jam up traffic. That, that much is true. Points. I'm just saying the protesters make it a little, a little worse. Now, here's an interesting addition. This from the dig.com comments on the story where one guy who apparently is there in the Denver area has managed to map the exact location of this particular warehouse, and he says that two days ago they had loaded in all the riot gear. The facility has minimal toilets, no more than two toilets and two urinals, no showers, no air conditioning or swamp coolers, still contains asbestos uh, insulation, internal temperatures can get extremely hot without some sort of cooling or cross breeze. He says it's an enterprise zone surrounded by various businesses, and it's not suitable for housing humans for any amount of time. Hmm. But why would the government care about you? They don't care about what your health is going to be like while you're being held in this containment facility. If you get sick or you pass out from heat exhaustion, the government bureaucrats who authorized this detainment facility will not face any sort of retaliation or retribution or have to pay any compensation to the victims. If somebody dies of, uh, of a heart attack uh, or you know whatever, the, whatever happens to people in there, the government people will be totally insulated from any sort of penalty from doing these things there there won't be there'll be nothing like uh people being held responsible and you know from what i understood of the nazi concentration camps they uh the people didn't really understand did they know that they existed but didn't know that death was going on there or did they just not even know they existed at all i i suspect that some knew that they existed some didn't know they existed and the vast majority of them didn't know what was going on inside right i just wonder i mean look at the reaction from people with 75 percent on this uh, internet poll saying Saying that this is a good idea, and the government people actually revealing this in advance. What is what do you do about this? I mean, how do how does how do people like us who care about liberty? How do we respond to this? I mean, clearly a good idea would be to not be in Denver during the uh, the time of the uh, the convention, but. But or if you want to bring uh, you know uh, if you want to bring some kind of press to it to be in Denver. Yeah, I mean, if you feel like it's important to be there for whatever reason and to protest for whatever reason you want to protest, then how do you handle this? I mean, what do you do? <laughs> You're going to take your cam- – if you've got a video camera, I mean, we always recommend having video cameras because that's a good 
protection against police abuse, but if they take away your camera, then there's not much you can do. You could, I guess, get uh, one of those uh, new fangled video streaming services, like mm-hmm. I think it's QIX.com, I think is, is one of them, where if you've got a certain Nokia kind of cell phone, you can actually stream video up to uh, an internet server. That way, if they took your camera from you, you'd be okay. That, you know, that footage would actually make it to the internet. I mean, you yourself wouldn't be okay. You'd be locked up in this sweltering, hot uh, warehouse with who knows how many other hundred people packed in there uh, like, you know, uh, sardines or whatever. Pleasant. And uh, so, you know, I, I want to know from you, what do you think should be done about this? I mean, here they are, the government people admitting in advance, yes, we have concentration camps and you may get put on them if we don't like you, if, if you're protesting in a way that we don't think is appropriate. How do you deal with that? 1-800-259-9231. Let's talk to Nick in Illinois on the amp line. You're on Free Talk Live. I guess. Hey, what's on your mind? Uh, that what, what you guys are talking about, the group that's kind of uh, all collaborating with it is the Recreate 68 people um, who are going to Denver to protest the uh, Democratic National Conventions. And I think that it raises an interesting sp- point, um, what you asked what, what we do. And um, I, I know that you're uh, kind of squeamish about the topic, but I, I, I just don't. My, my problem is that I, I think that violence is going to, at some point, be a necessary um, – it's going to be a necessary variable into achieving a liberation. I, I, I don't see how – How do you can, see that working out? Because, I mean, every time you get violent with the government people, they just get more violent back, and they've got a bigger budget than you. Well, that's why you need to – well, my point is that you need to develop something that will be able to take the government on. Are you talking about like threatening uh, government, um, you know, the, the government elected government so-called officials or the chiefs of police, stuff like that, to where they, you know, they would feel some personal. I'm, I'm talking. I'm talking about it all. Vengeance. I, you, you can't. You can't expect the we us to stay peaceful when they won't even treat us like with dignity. They they don't yeah. treat us like human beings. So we have to act like dogs. It, it's not going. I, I don't see peace with these people ever working. They don't care. They don't care what the perception is. They don't care if they crack you in the head. They, they don't care. And a lot of the people don't care. I think they care a little bit about the perception. Uh, to, I don't just, know, man. To some Not extent. Enough. Not enough. Uh, I mean, you look at some of the uh, riots that have gone on and crack them in the back of the head. It protests doesn't matter if they're peaceful or not. They're going to crack them in the back of the head, break their skulls. People have died because of it. And what happens? Not much. Not a damn thing. The government thing. doesn't change. It gets worse. Yeah, it just gets worse. Now, I, instead of... I don't, I don't see that protesting itself is going to achieve anything. It hasn't so far. No, certainly if, not. If we're, going to, if we're going to stand up for ourselves, and we have to be willing to stand up for ourselves with something more than voices. We need to stand up for ourselves with arms. Well, I, mean, I don't think it's come to that point yet. I think that it I makes think m- that I think that we what you asked what we need what what can we do? Well, what we can do is start to develop this. Start to develop this this movement that can stand up for itself as opposed to just complain about it. I think the first I think the first step 
in anything is to get people together, like-minded people together. I think that's why the Free State Project is such a great idea because it is the best nonviolent, peaceful uh, response to this growing, uh, ever-present, ever-expanding, uh, and ever-intrusive, more intrusive government. And I thank you for the call, Nick. And it's certainly something that I know a lot of people are thinking about. And I, I think that we haven't exhausted all of our peaceful options. Not, time not to even shoot close. the bastards yet. Yeah, I don't think we're even close yet. We need to get as many people together as possible and then just say to the rest of the country, to hell with you. You can have your statism if you want it. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. And they, by the way, include the live streams. Got a broadband version of the show and a dial-up version, both free for you at freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project. It's your only choice for more personal freedom and smaller, less intrusive government. To learn more about joining the Second American Revolution, go to freestateproject.org. That's freestateproject.org. If the story we're talking to you about right now is disturbing to you, then you really should look at the Free State Project. If you love liberty and you want freedom, you want liberty in your lifetime, this is your best shot. Uh, Because as our last caller suggested, violence, I don't think that's the solution. I don't think that is going to solve any problems whatsoever at this point, because we haven't really exhausted all of our peaceful options. I mean, going into Denver and capping a bunch of cops is not going to stop them from putting up these this concentration camp that they're talking about putting up for the uh, Democratic National Convention. and just only going to re- increase their resolve. Yeah, and just you wait. They'll have one for the Republican National Convention. Again, they did this four years ago back in the RNC uh, in New York City where hundreds if not thousands of protesters were uh, rounded up and thrown into very similar cages inside a warehouse. The warehouse they chose in New York City happened to be a uh, an old train station, so there was oil and stuff like that all over the floor. These are not healthy, safe places for people to be held. They mm. were not intended to hold people for any amount of time, and yet they're going to be packing them in. So apparently if you're not in the free speech zone that they set up for you, which is also another barbed wired fenced in area in denver if you're not in the free speech zone which is where you're allowed to be to protest then you've got a real good chance of getting rounded up off the streets of denver and put into this concentration camp that the government is admitting to in advance to having if this doesn't freak you out you are not paying attention no let's go to your calls michael's on the line in utah michael you're on free talk live with ian and mark hello there Hey, and hey, Mark. Hey, what's going on, um, dude? I was actually calling about this uh, the subject. It, it's something that I kind of uh, identify a little bit with the last caller that you had, just because it's something that also makes me very emotional and makes me angry. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's understandable to be angry at it, but like you said, violence isn't the answer because there's really no, I mean, short of, short of exhausting your very last option, violence is really not ever going to solve any problems. Um, so, you know, it just doesn't make sense to resort to violence at this point. I think that there's a lot that you can do uh, if you are angry about this. 
that you can do to, you know, help solve the problem. So this kind of thing can go on a decline instead of an incline. All right. Of course, number one thing you can do is join the Free State Project. Absolutely. Um, uh, but even if, you know, if you're not willing to commit to that, if it's too cold for you, like it seems to be for so many people, um, you can, there's a lot of other things. You can get all the people that are liberty-minded people around you if you are in that area at all or just, I don't know, you have to kind of take it on the terms that they've set up for you. And so if I were going to go there to protest, I'm way too far away. But if I were to go there to protest, I'd get all the people that I knew that were like-minded. I would have all of us prepared to face whatever it was that we were going to face there, you know, to expecting to spend a long time locked in a cage mm-hmm. uh, like so many animals with uh, people that were uh, fellow, you know, liberty-minded people. And uh, just kind of anticipate what's going to come up and have respect for the situation and basically hoping enough people show up that it's so much of a burden that, uh, you know, they think twice about it next time. They managed you know, to, really they managed to round up thousands of people in 2004. I mean, so it seems like they've got the manpower and they are totally prepared and expecting to arrest a huge amount of people and put them in these uh, containment facilities. So I don't think you can – I don't know if you can outnumber these people. I mean, they, they yeah. want this to happen. They want people to be locked up. Yeah, I understand that. I think that – I don't know. I think that there's a certain merit in showing people that it's not that they're not afraid. Showing people that you're not afraid. I agree and with that. I see where you're that, coming from. It's kind of the way that um, that uh, the gentleman from Texas goes into court. I can't remember his name. Sam um, from Texas. Yeah, Sam. Sam goes into court. Just he's knowledgeable. He knows what to expect. Um, he at least he has some idea. He studied up on what to expect. I mean, they have video of this place, and so you would know what to expect if you went. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can also know that you can expect violence if there's any amount of you know uh, disagreeing with their authority because you know they hate that. But um, I think he's successful. Sam is successful because he studies up on what he does. He knows what to expect. He prepares himself, and he goes there with the proper, not what they expect, but the proper respect for what's going on. Mike, you know, and, um, I, I find I, it so I, amazing. I can't respect what they're doing. I, I find it so amazing that uh, that pe- people are ready to pick up uh, AK-47s and gun it, down, um, gun it out with, uh, you know, police officers and that kind of thing over, you know, what's going on in Denver, but they're not ready to move to New Hampshire because it's too cold. They'll die die in a hail of bullets. They'll, uh, you know, they'll they'll impoverish their family because they're not able to work. But they won't come to New Hampshire. Yeah, it's would you just, rather it, be? They won't even sign up for the Free State Project. Would you it's rather so weird. be toasty and warm in a concentration camp, or a little cold here in New Hampshire? And possibly we have free? heaters. Yeah, it's true. We do have heat up here, which I don't really understand the objections. I mean, having moved from Florida, being a Florida native, having lived in Florida for 26 years of my life before moving to New Hampshire, anybody that says it's too cold, unless they have an actual like medical condition that prohibits them from being in the cold, I think it's it's just a nonsense excuse. I mean, if if you it's if not good enough your, for me, right? If that's your it wasn't only good enough for the guys at Valley Forge. It's it, not, you know, right? If that's your only objection, then you need to think a little bit harder about how valuable freedom is to you. Right. I think that the Free State Project is a great solution. And violence, I really, I just can't see violence ever working. And there's a lot of different reasons. It almost goes back to, like you were talking about the other night with altruism, where, uh, you know, there's really not any true, genuine altruism because everybody kind of does what they think is right because that's what they think is right. And Mm -hmm. that's very self-serving. And that's okay. I mean, that's just the way that things are. That's You know, you can say it's selfish and that sounds bad, but it's not. It's just the way things are. So all of the people that are there that, you know, are going to take protesters and bust them in the head and lock them up in cages, it may seem sick, but they honestly are just doing what they think is right. That's what everybody does. So to really say, I'm going to pick up an AK-47 and shoot this guy because I think that's right, and the reason I'm doing it is because he's doing what he thinks is right, 
it's it's very short-sighted. You're not changing but any hearts and minds that way. Yeah, yep. exactly. And 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 you know, nobody that you look at in history that uh, besides the people that are infamous, nobody's really famous for being violent. Yep, they're and, already uh, cheering. They're already cheering. I mean, the the, uh, the masses are already cheering the government on for building this concentration camp. And so, if you and your protesters decide to, you know, shoot it out with the cops, then the uh, the average Joes are just going to be cheering it on for the cops to go, you know, bust some more heads. How dare those criminals uh, shoot it out with our loving, protecting police officers? There's no nobody that's going to see that happen, and very few people are going to take your side or change their minds and. Say, Say, you know, I was uh, against the protesters before, but now that they're killing cops, I've joined their side. Right. I mean, so you're just not going to persuade anybody to your side by by getting violence. Will will some of the cops get scared away? Yeah, that's probably the case. I mean, certainly um, let's get scared back, but not away. Yeah, I just it's. I think we've got a lot more options to exhaust before violence becomes even a consideration. But I do understand why people consider it. I do understand because when you hear these stories, it makes you upset. It makes you angry and it makes you want to lash out but that's the one thing that we have to uh, to do is we have to withhold from following that particular violent instinct and we have to move on and figure out alternate ways peaceful ways to uh, to forward our message and to as you said mark to change hearts and minds and i thank you for the call michael it's the we only way you're going to win hearts and minds thank you for calling tonight at 800-259-9231 as we talk to nick in colorado right there uh, in the same state as these concentration camps hello nick Hey, hello. Hey. Did that mind. last Nick, did he say he was with Recreate 68? Uh, I think he said that there was some sort of organization that is oh. called that. I don't think he said he was with them. Okay, because uh, there's a group called Recreate 68, mm-hmm. and they, they just popped out of nowhere, and they're just uh, an anarchist group. What they're doing is they're just trying to rile everybody up, and it's kind of that problem-reaction-solution where they create this uh, image of people wanting to uprise. That way they could tighten up the police state. Are you suggesting that this uh, organization is actually run by the police? Perhaps they've infiltrated uh, one of these groups and are actually um, encouraging people to protest in this way so they can get rounded up? Yes, it's already been proven. Um, You can go to... um Give me the info in a moment. Hang on, Nick. We'll bring you back. 800-259-9231. It wouldn't be the first time that the police have placed provocateurs in more peaceful organizations to start stuff like this. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You bring up what you want toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features on the site, they're free, so enjoy those on us. And if you like Free Talk Live and want to help support the program, then become an amplifier over at amp.freetalklive.com. If you become an amplifier, you get access to perks like access to the amp-only call-in lines, chat room, forum, and more. And it can feel good because the 3 bucks a month that it costs to be an amplifier is going to get reinvested into the show and thereby help us get on more radio stations and more people's internet connections, spreading the message of freedom and liberty as far and as wide as possible. So get on board at amp.freetalklive.com. As we go back to Nick in Colorado. Nick, you're back on Free Talk Live. We're talking about the concentration camp that uh, the police in Denver, Colorado, have created for protesters who uh, will be rounded up, or they say if 
mass arrests happen, and we'll tell you about what uh, New York City's police department actually planned to do four years ago here in a little bit. But uh, you are speculating that perhaps the government has placed provocateurs in certain uh, – like in in some of these groups, these protest groups like Recreate 68, and uh, go ahead with your thoughts on that. Okay. My suggestion isn't that they were putting provocateurs in the group. They actually created the group. Hmm. Now, do you think this was the, the Denver sheriff, or is this like a CIA operation or something? Op. It's an op. So are and, you suggesting that it's Recreate 68 or some of the uh, the anarchist groups, or what, who do you think that they've uh, they've created? Recreate 68. What gives you? Uh, what makes you believe that would be the case? Because I'm looking well, at their website right now, and they have a statement of nonviolence on their site. So, well, the guy was just uh, uh, calling for arms on the air, so that kind of contradicts that. No, the, the, no one has. No one from Recreate 68 has been on the air on this radio oh, okay. program. Okay, well, maybe, um, maybe I had heard this earlier, and there's another group called uh, We Are Change. Are you familiar with them? Yeah, they're one of the uh, the fringe conspiracy promoter uh, groups. Okay, but you don't think that they are a um, a uh, provocateur group? I haven't I investigated any of these things. I wouldn't propose to yeah. know who uh, who is a. Okay. A, yeah, that's anything. what I'm saying. Well, there's a um, another one that's called uh, We Are Change Colorado, mm-hmm. and they've um, documented a lot of this stuff. You could go to their website. They actually even uh, they did some black ops probably about six weeks ago there in Denver, and they got the pictures of the helicopters doing their test runs, and they, they have photos of the actual detention camps and whatnot. And you're saying that this We Are Change group is actually also a CIA front group? No, no, I'm saying that, that they are, uh, they've covered this, and they've, they're the ones who, uh, who, un, 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 who revealed the Recreate 68. Interesting. You could go to that website and see it. Very good. Thank you for the allegations. Appreciate hearing from you tonight at 800-259-9231. Uh, don't, you never know who's behind these things, and so unless you've created the group yourself, then you can't really say for sure. I, don't yeah, I wouldn't propose to know. All you can do is stand up for what's right. Yep. 800-259-9231. So again, the story out of CBS4 in Denver is that the police have been forced to admit that they actually have uh, a, a concentration camp that they've built inside a warehouse with uh, complete with barbed wire fences inside this warehouse. It's uh, no air conditioning whatsoever. They're going to just shove people in there during the Democratic National Convention. And it's very, very similar to what happened in New York City, which we actually haven't talked about since it occurred uh, back in 2004. And the New York Sun actually reported in... Uh, early 2007 an update on the uh, the case out of New York City where again that that thousands were people uh, thousands of people were rounded up and taken to an old train yard facility an old uh, warehouse where they would repair trains and according to the police department there they were forced to admit reluctantly that they actually had planned the entire time to arrest people and to do this uh, the police department had a code name for its plan to cope with the invasion of tens of thousands of protesters who were expected to take the streets during 2004's Republican National Convention. They called it Operation Overlord 2. The name's an apparent reference to the secret plan for the Allied invasion of Normandy, which was codenamed Overlord. Reports of the planning and intelligence gathering leading up to D-Day are part of military lore, but the preparations for Overlord 2, which resulted in the contentious detention of protesters during the convention, are still unclear. 
Over the city's objections, a fraction of the police documents from months before the August convention have been are going to be made public, or they were in 2007, and the New York Sun has obtained several of those. One document suggests the decision to arrest instead of ticketing all persons whose protests were deemed illegal was made months prior to the convention itself. So here you have evidence from New York where the police made it very clear in their own documentation that months in advance they were planning to arrest every single person that they wanted to arrest. And you've also got Denver police now saying, well, we're only going to use this if there are mass arrests. How much you want to bet they've got plans to absolutely arrest as many people and uh, in, and detain them in these camps as possible? I guess I don't. I'm I'm not surprised that the uh, the New York Police Department would plan for uh, mass protests and plan to arrest some of them. I mean, if the protests get out of hand, then you're gonna we're gonna arrest them, and I suspect some of them will get out of hand. That doesn't sound uh, nefarious to me. Uh, yeah, but there's nothing out of hand about protesting. There's nothing inherently wrong with protesting but there's nothing some of them at these conventions have gotten out of hand what historically. do you mean by out of hand i i, I don't know Yelling? exactly waving I, signs I know 1968 was not great what, blocking traffic in the streets i okay. don't know what the yippies did i can't remember but i recall traffic, not thinking it was great right if you're blocking traffic and there's some sort of problem with with that then you could target the individuals that were blocking traffic but as you may recall mark as i mentioned before what happened in new york city was the cops came in with that sort of orange construction wrapping have you seen that wrapping alongside construction sites? Right, it's, it's, got it's fencing. Of, yeah, it's fencing, temporary kind of fencing. Mm-hmm. It's got holes in it and everything. They took that wrapping and they stretched it across the street and they just they caught as many people as they possibly could. So it wasn't that everybody was being out of control. It was that the cops decided to target everybody. So they want to arrest people and don't believe these uh, government bureaucrats when they say, well, this is only if there are mass arrests. Clearly, they're planning for mass arrests. That's why they built this detention facility. So look for this to happen in uh, the upcoming weeks. I'm not sure when the uh, convention actually occurs because I don't pay attention to politics. But let's continue with your calls. John in Kansas, you're on the amp line. Hello, John. What's on your mind tonight? Hey, guys. Uh, I was going to call about the... Recently, I've been uh, listening to your audio book, The uh, Market for Liberty. Excellent. You can download that book for free at book.freetalklive.com. And I've got to the arbitration section, and it got me thinking about something. Okay. What was that? Uh, let's say there is a somewhat corrupt company, and they have this deal with an, with a certain arbitration company. The, uh, the arbitration company will always side in their favor. Or they 75% of money. the time. Or 75% of the time, right? Yes. Okay. Somewhere around there. And then uh, they, in their contracts, they make sure to only use the arbitration company. What would be the free market solution to a situation such as that? Well, if well you a, wouldn't sign a, a contract that says that, I'm only, that we're only going to use such and such arbitration company. Yeah, I mean, if that they, would be the first thing. If, I mean, if, you know, that it, it, uh, in most contracts, it says a mutually agreed upon arbitration company because they know that. People are going to be like, "What are you kidding me?" I mean, that's the yeah. th- th- that's the the first trick that somebody would use in in the area of arbitration. If uh, it, you know, if that if word got out, and it would, because there would be consumer groups that would be paying attention to the arbitrators to make sure that they were uh, that they were doing their jobs as they were ex- expected to do, fairly and impartially. And if it turned out that a company was doing as you suggested and not being impartial, then word would get around, their reputation would be damaged, and people would just simply refuse to get into uh, those agreements. Problem solved. Got anything else? 
no. Thanks, John, for the call. Appreciate uh-huh. it. 800-259-9231. That's a situation that the market can solve, whereas today the market's prohibited from solving that situation because you can't opt out of the government court system. I mean, yeah, there are there is the American Arbitration Association, and a lot of people will choose to use that in their contracts. But as far as you know, the ultimate arbiter is concerned, mm-hmm. there's no they've got the monopoly on that particular uh, status, and so you can't challenge it. They're going to take you and arrest you if you've got a problem with them. So let the market decide as to who is the best arbitrator, because arbitrators in the marketplace will be competing based on fairness. They'd be competing based on cost and expertise and fairness and reputation and all other manner of factors in order to get individuals and companies to put their uh, company's name in their agreements that uh, they're signing with people and to get people to, to sign up and use their services. So you want to have the best reputation. Makes sense, right? It does to me. All right, 800-259-9231. That to is some extent. I mean, s- I wonder what the, the – the, there, there will be issues. I don't know what they would be. Sure, but those issues can all be worked out on a voluntary basis through information in the marketplace by people that are interested in spreading that info and tracking that info and, and keeping an eye on these uh, arbitrators. 800-259-9231. That's the number. Hour 3 is coming up here, and we'll give you an update since we've been talking about New York City. Give you an update on what it is that has been proposed by the New York police because apparently the surveillance system there, they say it needs a little bit of work. It's Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and we're launching here in hour number three of the program. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy all those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. We go right to your phone calls. Dennis is on the line in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Dennis. Evening, gentlemen. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Reading a... You guys read a letter in last night's show from a lady who had a hard time talking to people. Yes. And she, she described two problems. She described being really an introvert or a loner, and then she described people being boring. Mm-hmm. So I personally in my life had, had a similar issue. Um, you would never know it to, to talk to me today. No, that's, that, but, that, that, it, seems, it seems odd to me that you'd be calling about this. Well, yeah, I'm, I am an extreme introvert, or at least I, I was until I taught myself to not be. Um, hmm. I, you know, I'm a computer geek, really, so I, I like the company of my computer, not those annoying human people. Right. So, you know, so something I did that changed everything for me, I took an improv acting class about 10 years ago. Hmm. And... The things that they had us do in that class that were fun and easy in a class right. really set it up so that now I don't care. You could bring me I, anybody. Bring, bring me the President of the United States. Bring me the guy who washes the floors. Bring me anybody. I will talk to that person as long as you want. Um, one of the exercises that they did that I think was just so revealing, they had each person get up on the stage in front of your little class of like a dozen people that you've sort of got to know by this time. And the assignment was you stand up in front of everybody and say with 110% conviction, I am going to fail and fail 
big. And everyone goes, yay! And then the <laughs> next person goes up and does that. Interesting. You do a couple of stupid things like that, and whatever barriers you have, they just go. Okay, that's so, good. So the idea is just to, this is it. You know, I'm creating an expectation of, I'm only going to fail and fail huge, and you get this sort of this embarrassment that you might feel because um, you're succeeding at failing big, and uh, you, so you sort of make this uh, embarrassment disappear, as it were. Exactly. I mean, and doing just really stupid things like I don't know, pr- pretend to pick up invisible cherries with your butt cheeks off the stage. You know, I mean, <laughs> do crazy things. But and I don't know if that, it, that. I mean, that's that's good for uh, for being less, I guess, introverted, I suppose. But what about her concern about just being bored by people? I mean, is there any any way to get over that, or you just sort of have to, you know, learn how to, uh, to you know, to talk about the the little stuff and kind of move on as quickly as possible? Well, I think there's a couple ways to handle that. I mean, one is just to not be fully there. Probably, if you have that problem, you're generally smarter than the person that you're talking to, or mm-hmm. at least believe yourself to be. So, you know, make sure you have other things to think about, because you really only need to devote about 10% of your CPU to the chit-chat. <laughs> but other than that, um, basically, I found it really useful to get high or drunk and talk to people that were boring. And you, you just learn how by doing it. And if you're, like, high or drunk, it's just easier. It's more interesting no matter what comes out of their mouth. Yeah, this is a good point. Good, uh, good call tonight, Dennis, and thank you for it. <laughs> I don't know. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Loosen up a little bit there. All right, so let's talk about New York City. Since we discussed last hour the concentration camp that they put up back in 2004, which is being uh, duplicated basically in Denver now for the upcoming Democratic National Convention. And by the way, it's kind of funny that in 2004, of course, the Democrats were talking about, oh, see the Republicans, such a bunch of police statists. Uh, See the Republicans, it's their convention. They're the ones that had you guys put in jail. Well, now it's the Democrats' convention where the police state is happening and people will be put in these uh, very same prison facilities. So don't think for a moment the Democrats are going to save you from the police state the Republicans have, uh, have helped build. They've all been working together on this, and you can expect to see similar facilities at both, I would guess, at both of their conventions. Well, it's the the police of that uh, town that are really responsible for these things, you know. With mass surveillance systems now prevalent in London, the burial place of George Orwell, America's Big Apple, is mulling its own Big Brother network. This from the Raw Story. In a proposal by Police Commissioner Raymond Kelly, Operation Sentinel would create a technological surveillance veil that scans license plates and photographs vehicles as they cross bridges or enter and enter or exit tunnels, radiological detectors would also be installed to sniff out potential terrorism threats. Data collected by the snooping would be stored for one month at a command center in Lower Manhattan. In all, some 3,000 public and private security cameras would be deployed. They'll only store it for a month. So, as I understood the New York City situation, there was all, there's already a bunch of cameras there. They've already got a huge grid of uh, camera system in, in New York City to utilize, and so they're talking about expanding its capability, basically, here. Uh, one of the police spokes bureaucrats says, it, it's just a planning document. It is a vision of how it will all work if all the components come together. The public snooping technology is inspired by a system, install, a system installed by the British government in London, which has blanketed the city in the view of cameras, range of microphones, and earshot of government minders who can actually speak to pedestrians through a massive PA system. You there. What are you doing? That's, right, right, that's exactly what it is. 
And so, you know, if you set a, a soda can down next to you on the bench and forget about it when you stand up, there's a good chance some government bureaucrat's going to hey, yell at you through hey, a loudspeaker. Hey, pick up that litter. The hey, British, sweetheart, you're pretty hot. Want to go out tonight? The, the British, yeah, whatever. The British government also had radio frequency identification chips installed in every vehicle's license plates, identifying signals from which, or the identifying signals from which, are capable of being read from over 300 feet away. According to the American Association of Motor Vehicle Administrators, that's the bureaucrats that run the DMV, he says, uh, we definitely have an interest in testing an RFID-tagged license plate. So this is not just the guy for New York State. This is the chairman of all of the motor vehicle administrators of all of America saying that, yeah, RFID chips in your license plates, that's what we want for America. Am I responsible then for the maintenance of my RFID chip? Because As what opposed if, to like smashing it with a sledgehammer? Well, or I mean, anything can happen to a, a license. Have you ever seen license plates that are next to that are right in front of where trailers are? Because they're they're right where the uh, the trailer pulling ball is. Yeah. And often the uh, little thing, the latch that goes on the ball, that'll smash into the uh, the, the plate. plate. It'll yeah. uh, mess it up, d- ding it up. You never know what's going to happen. Uh, some some vandal could come along and and uh, ruin my RFID trip. And that's just assuming that it's on the the plate itself. What you know, maybe they maybe they make you keep it in the car where it's safer. What if I spill coffee on it? I, I'm just wondering. That's a good question. While the 3,000 cameras the New York proposal suggests are a far cry from the UK's estimated 4.2 million cameras, Operation Sentinel features a few additional nuances not found in London. Because remember, the bureaucrats always have to one-up one another. And not only do they borrow tyrannical police state ideas from each other, but they also you know, try to top them. Anyway, in related security initiatives, Ground Zero would be enclosed in a security zone which only pre-screened vehicles may enter. Additionally, dozens of security booths would be built on high-traffic corners to monitor pedestrians and passing vehicles. We've seen these security booths before. They are in use already in New York City, and they're also in use in other places around the country. Uh, Sam from Texas at ObscuredTruth.com posted a video, I think yesterday, last evening, of his uh, video that, of um, his trip to the Plano, Texas Police Department and their little police day, you know, where the cops invite all the citizens out to show off all their equipment. Yeah, they, Plano, love, that, they love that stuff. Plano, Texas has one of these cop boxes where it's, it's on a riser, basically. It's this box, this large box with a blacked-out windows, and it's on a very large riser. The police go up, and they can monitor crowds and stuff like that from, from inside them. They have those at prisons, the guard towers? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So now they're going to be on the street corners all over New York City. If this plan goes through, which it probably will. Additionally, dozens of security booths, again, will be on high-traffic corners to monitor pedestrians and passing vehicles. Movable roadblocks in the financial district will also block traffic as authorities deem necessary, with some streets exclusively exclusively reserved for emergency personnel. The plan has caused some consternation among area business owners who fear measures would create an environment unfriendly to workers. But it doesn't really matter what the business owners think, does it? They're not in charge. No, they're not going to stand up and do anything about it, then it doesn't really matter. Right. Should police have no use for the data collected by Operation Sentinel, it'll be deleted within 30 days. Uh Uh-huh. And there's no estimate as to when it may be in place. So that's what they've got coming in New York City. Going to try to make it more like London with more cameras, more cops, more observation, and, of course, uh, more cost to the taxpayers. Will anybody actually be any safer as a result of this stuff? And does it matter? More coming up. You take control. Chime in. It's Free Talk Live. Anything goes.
Live. It's your show, and you can bring up anything if you dial in toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. Sickle CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us, and they include the updates. Get signed up. We'll let you know when you need to know something about Free Talk Live. You'll know first if you're on the updates list. Go to updates.freetalklive.com to get on it for free. That's updates.freetalklive.com. If you want to easily update the look of an old set of cabinets or maybe an old set of drawers, try internobs.com. They offer a wide variety of knobs and pulls for every taste and budget. You can save 10% on your order by using code FTL at checkout. It's internobs.com, I-N-T-E-R-K-N-O-B-S.com. You can see their banner at freetalklive.com. And uh, you can also they also do uh, sinks, faucets, towel racks, all kinds of things. Save money. Internobs.com. All right, still to come, a, a little bit of good news. Instead of all this police state stuff with concentration camps and just dreadful, awful news about what's going on around this country, a little bit of good news about the space entrepreneurs. But first, let's check in with what's happening in Great Britain, since we were just talking about how New York City is looking to emulate Great Britain in that it wants to add more cameras and uh, more uh, scary police obelisks to the street. Uh, to watch over you at all moments of the day and night. And so they're trying to be more like Great Britain. But what is Great Britain up to now that they've already got 4.2 million CCTV cameras watching their population? 4.2 million. And, and apparently they, don't, they aren't any better at uh, stopping crime than, than uh, streetlights. Street yeah. Actually, they're not as good at st- stopping crime as streetlights. The story is from Infowars.net. The British government has inserted pr- uh, provisions into a counterterrorism bill that would see centuries-old principles of law and justice undermined and allow the government unprecedented powers to intervene in the workings of the judiciary. The legislation would allow inquests to be held in secret without a jury and would grant the government the right to replace the coroner with their own appointee, should it deem it to be a matter of national security. Times of London has the story pointing out that the change in law would also allow the Home Secretary to bar the public from inquests if it is deemed to be in the public's interest. A candidate of for the, a, a candidate for the award of most Orwellian phrase, if there ever was right. one. Right. How can this guy decide what's in the public interest? He's not the public. Right. So he's the, just one guy. Right. So the public cannot. The public actually, can't, can't, can't even decide what's in their own interest. Right. So these because uh, they can only decide what is interest in in the interest of a majority of the public. It sounds like star chambers. Public. It sounds like they're going to star chambers in Great Britain. Mm. Basically, uh, according to the report, it could be applied to inquests similar to those into the deaths of the weapons inspector David Kelly, friendly fire militia casualties. Or Princess Diana uh, and Dodi Fayed in future inquests similar to that into the death of uh, some other bureaucrat. Anyway, lawyers, opposition MPs, and pressure groups have told the Times that the move represents a fundamental breach of the right to a public inquiry into a death, a centuries-old mainstay of British justice. The bill passed the House of Commons last month without any mention of the measure, which was overshadowed by debate surrounding the legal detention detention length of suspects in terror cases. Critics and public pressure groups, including the Coroner's Society, have slammed the proposal, warning it could easily be used to shield from public scrutiny any case that the government deems politically sensitive. So you remember that case where uh, they shot that guy seven shots or whatever uh, in cold blood because they thought he was a terrorist because he... 
you know, had a wire coming out of his backpack or something yeah. like that. You remember that story? Mm-hmm. Well, now if this law gets uh, this uh, adjustment to their system of law over there goes through, they could completely hold all of that information in secret. All of the, you know, uh, as I said, they could appoint their own state coroner to the case, some sort of like federal coroner, basically, who will hush up and keep all of the details about the case secret because it's it's Homeland Security. After all, we need to make sure that that everyone is protected here. And so no one will be able to get in and question and and see what's going on and look at the documentation and and uh, do an independent inquiry into uh, whatever the situation might be. Disturbing. Yeah, all completely outside of uh, what the current system is and what can you do about it, right? What can you do? Lawyers have warned the measure undermines the entire justice system in the U.K. And remember, it's not like the U.K. or the U.S. have great justice systems to begin with. I mean, they're already slanted in favor of the state. You're already being tried by the state uh, for alleged crimes that were created by the state. The judge works for the state. The prosecutor works for the state. So the entire justice system is already a pretty big joke. But they're talking about eviscerating the existing bad justice system and making it into a much more tyrannical police state-like uh, arbitrary, capricious, sicko justice system. Yeah, I guess it's just not uh, its not coming down. You know, the, the fact that the, the state wins the majority of the cases is just not good enough. They have to win them all. The move also represents a breach of the separation of powers of the state, the founding underpinning or the foundation underpinning the British political system and the governance of democratic states in general. Britain is renowned for having one of the most independent judicial systems in the world, and this measure would go some way to scaling that back significantly so there's the latest from great britain as they uh, continue to tear down whatever level of freedom they might have left in that uh, sad country well <laughs> i look for it here soon i mean they already have that here for people accused of terrorism they already have a system outside of the existing system uh guantanamo bay jose padilla the secret detentions secret star chambers so this is kind of similar to uh what is happening here although it sounds like it will be applied to anything the state deems important so it might not even be just terrorism it could just simply be something that might make the state look bad like the cops beating on somebody or who knows what mm. So watch for more of this uh, in the future as we go to your calls and talk to Guy in New York. Guy, you're on Free Talk Live. Hi. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? How you doing? What's happening? I wanted to find out what you guys were doing other than broadcasting in order to um, continue or facilitate what I would consider the grassroots movement ever since Ron Paul now has um, declared himself not to be um, running for president. Well, Mark, what are you doing? Well, I, I'm uh, I, before Ron Paul declared himself for president, I uh, had moved to the uh, New Hampshire for the Free State Project, and yep, me too. You know, and besides broadcasting, it, it's it's not just three hours a day; it's it's all day. Um, you know, I mean, we we both work on the show, and it's probably if if one you know, depending on what your level of freedom uh, threshold is, it's probably the most. Uh, uh, you know, liberty-oriented radio show out there, and it's 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 the biggest of one um, that you know the biggest, most liberty-oriented. Yeah, there show is out no there. other syndicated uh, radio program with a voluntarist and a you know super minarchist for uh, for hosts. So, so, so just mean, doing free talk live alone. That's is a full time job all day, and then. But there are also know, uh, a lot of actors. You were just out at a Fiji protest, right? Right. right. The uh, the Free State Project, as you mentioned, Mark, is a, a movement. In case you don't know, a movement of twenty thousand liberty loving activists, all moving to New Hampshire and doing various different things in order to achieve liberty in our lifetime. And in that process, we've seen civil disobedience. We've seen uh, the political action actually having some level of success. Uh, just last week on Monday, I was out at a fully informed jury association. 
outreach event out in front of the courthouse uh, wherein we had a conflict with the police. You can see the video from that over at freekeen.com. Freekeen.com is my uh, is my blog, which I created to allow liberty activists in the Keene, New Hampshire area to blog and post videos and audio and their opinions and stuff like that. So we are doing other things besides just the radio show, but I do agree with Mark. The radio show does take a lot of time. Your thoughts? Still talking to me? Yes, Guy. Your thoughts? Oh, okay. Uh, the volume went down. Well, I wanted to find out because I was a uh, when Ron Paul had announced his uh, presidency back in February of uh, 2007. I had formed a coalition and um, and I was working three or four hours a day um, trying to get him elected. Mm-hmm. And I realized about ooh, three quarters of eighty percent through the grassroots movement as the uh, campaign was progressing that I wasn't really doing a lot of. I want to find out more about your story. Hang on, Guy. We're going to bring you back. We'll talk to Andy as well in your calls, too. This is Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live, it's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231. Bring up whatever is on your mind. That's 800-259-9231. That toll-free number brought to you by SACL CAI. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy them, including the wiki. Over 1,700 pages created by listeners just like you. You can go to wiki.freetalklive.com and get interactive. It's like the listener-editable version of our website, wiki. WIKI.freetalklive.com. Travel less and meet online. Try WebEx free and save yourself some gasoline. Go to WebEx.com and enter the promo code 600 to start your free trial of WebEx. That's WebEx, W E B E X.com. Promo code is 600, and that'll start your free trial of WebEx today. As we go back to your phone calls, Guy is on the line in New York. You were beginning to tell us that back in the, uh, the Ron Paul campaign days, uh, about a year ago, you were busily spending, as you say, about three to four hours a day working diligently to get Ron Paul elected, and you came to a realization. Do uh, fill us in with your thoughts. I had realized that I had failed because the bottom line was instead of just working at something and getting email lists and sending out emails and um, forming connections with, let's say, Aaron Russo's press secretary and stuff like that, the bottom line was to get votes. Mm, right. And I didn't get votes. I didn't change anybody's mind. Anybody who was a Democrat stayed a Democrat, and anybody who was a Republican stayed a Republican. I don't know if that's true. I well, mean, there were some people that did the, the, People come moved, over. but they didn't move. You certainly didn't move enough of them. And it, up here in New Hampshire, where we had the, the Live Free or Die project, where activists came from all over the country to campaign uh, yeah, for Ron Paul here in New Hampshire, where we had uh, people that had moved for the Free State project. New Hampshire was going to be the decisive battleground. It was going to make it so that Ron Paul was a real candidate and it came out at like nine eight eight, eight percent eight, yeah. eight to nine percent really or something like that it well. was it was it didn't work out and that's that's exactly my point i, so, I, I, I see your point new hampshire was a, a premier state for activists and a premier state for trying to uh, a lightning rod to get attention for ron paul mm-hmm. however the system is such that I, most people would have voted for him if they could but <laughs> he's not on he's not on the ballot 
what I'm thinking about, since you two guys are active in this, have you guys thought, since you're in the broadcast field, that perhaps joining up with other broadcasters of the liberty persu- uh, libertarian persuasion or liberty persuasion and trying to form an alliance? Well, I'm not sure what you mean by that. I mean, we do have Gardner Goldsmith on our program as often as we can. He's a New Hampshire-based talk show host, very talented uh, gentleman who we love having him on Free Talk Live. Uh, he comes on Monday nights frequently. He wasn't on this week, but he was last week. Uh, so, I mean, in that way, I don't know if that's considered an alliance in your book. Uh, the well, other liberty-minded hosts around the country are usually, I mean, if you can find them, there are very few of them, but if you can find them, they're usually running, you know, an afternoon drive show in a local local, you know, just one station where they don't have multiple affiliates, they don't have a syndication deal, and they're just, to my knowledge, there are no other syndicated, nationally syndicated pro-liberty hosts like Free Talk Live. They're just, there's nobody. Well, there's Neil Bortz. He's not um, a libertarian. I'm not a libertarian. I don't use that term anymore because of people like Neil Bortz, because of people like Glenn Beck. Neil Bortz gets on the air on one hand. He'll take a pro-liberty position on the war on drugs, but then in the next breath, he'll take an anti-liberty position in supporting government uh, war in Iraq and, and other government wars. Well, so, I agree with you. He's not a pure libertarian. Yeah. Uh, he, he, he considers himself a libertarian. Sure and, he does. Because uh, you know, <laughs> he wants people to think he's different from Rush Limbaugh. Yeah, and and he neither he nor Glenn Beck are really that much different. Exactly. So I have no interest in forming an alliance. I mean, what what good well, would that do the, me? Okay, if you have a cause, in order to defeat the Democratic Party and the Republican Party. You have to have an independent type of party. I don't have- agree. I, I don't think that that's uh, – I'm not a political person anymore. I spent years of my life, like you did, uh, working very hard to get liberty, libertarians elected and you know doing the political thing. I ran a you know, campaign down in Florida, and I spent a lot of time, money, and effort on the political world, and I've come to the conclusion – And it got nowhere. Right, and right. I've come to the conclusion that it's not a matter of having the right party or the wrong party. It's just a matter of politics is not the path to freedom. And I, I firmly believe, based on evidence, based on what I've seen happening up here in New Hampshire, that nonviolent, peaceful, non-cooperation is going to be the best way, most effective and fastest road to, uh, to liberty in our lifetime. I will not spend my time agitating for political change because that, to me, is like begging. And I'm not going to beg for my freedom anymore. Well, I can't blame you for, you know, if you have that attitude of, of begging for it. Now, At the same time, um, yes, it is a fruitless endeavor to try to go ahead and try to work in the system to try to change the system. However, at the same time, you can have all the freedom-loving people you want, but if we have the wrong president and the wrong Congress, which we already do, all they have to do is pass, <laughs> not that they already have in place a patriot type of act, and if they had to declare martial law, that all the freedom-loving people are in jail. Well, you know, that's something that people are frightened of, and I just, I can't concern myself with those kinds of worries. There's no point in worrying about what these evil politicians, whether they call themselves Democrats or Republicans or Independents or whatever they are, uh, whatever they might do, they could always do some terrible thing. They could drop nuclear weapons. They could round people up into concentration camps. They could start targeting people because of the color of their skin, as they are doing uh, already. And, you know, the 
that's stuff that they're going to do what they're going to do, and we just have to do what we're going to do, and that is not cooperate, not participate, and not empower their system by participating in it. That's how I feel. There are still people that disagree. Mark may disagree. Well, I mean, he's kind of in the political the political I, I realm. Think, I think we definitely need uh, you know, to try as hard as we can, um, with not as hard as we can. We need to put some effort in getting people elected that are of a pro-liberty stance. I think that that's uh, one of the ways that we're going to uh, see some things uh, happen. But well, and if you're it, one of those in, people... In, in addressing, you've been talking the whole time, man. I was just going to say... It's like the whole show is about... Uh, not, yeah, I would agree with that. If you're political. But, you know, the whole show isn't about, uh, you know, non, non, you know, non-aggressive marketplace-based activity. You know, the, when talking about the other hosts out there, Glenn Beck and Rush and excuse me Neil Bortz aren't going to give us the time of day um, you know Neil, yeah, they have no reason to align with us <laughs> Neil Bortz is on uh, 100 plus stations we're on 40 that's probably on three, two or three hundred it doesn't matter right. let me tell you something gentlemen it doesn't matter okay it mm-hmm. depends upon what you want now you two have a varying degrees of, uh, of opinion about what you want or what you think is effective and that's fine my particular opinion is is that if we go it alone we're going to die alone and it doesn't matter whether we're in politics or not in politics, whoever is in power, whoever has the power to say, okay, you, National Guard, go over there, you, cops, go over there, they have the power. Well, the good news is we aren't alone, Guy. I mean, here in New Hampshire, we're surrounded by like-minded, liberty-loving activists uh, that are going to help if something happens. And we're not alone at all. You may be alone where you are, but that's just an extra reason to go to freestateproject.org and learn more about what we're doing here. Well, again, New Hampshire is probably a good state for everybody to congregate in and to enjoy each other's company and do what everybody wants to do in a cooperative effort. But when the rest of the nation is not going to be that way, you can't just say, ah, they're over there and we're over here. Actually, I can. I can. Because I don't care what goes on out in California or in Oregon or in Texas. I mean, if those people want a police state, then that's what they will have. If we want to be free, then that's what we're going to have here. And if they want to join us in freedom, then they can throw off the shackles of the police state where they are and do that themselves, or they can come to New Hampshire and join us. I can't concern myself with the freedom of the rest of the world. I can only concern myself with the freedom of number one and the people that I care about. How do you, do, how do you propose to defend yourself when the, um, when the people that um, have varying opinions and have the power possibly come against you? That is a great question. Hopefully our uh, size will continue to grow to the point where they won't come against well, us. Defend, uh, we're not going to use any... I, I think that showing the government system, uh, and this is a great thing about uh, marketplace-based activity, is showing the system for you know as violent as it is, yeah. is probably the most valuable thing you can do. Grabbing AK-47s, not valuable. Right, we're not looking for a uh, violent revolution. We're looking, at least I am, for a peaceful evolution. And Guy, I appreciate your thoughtful questions tonight. Keep listening and go to freestateproject.org. Learn more about what exactly is going on here in New Hampshire because I think it is something that can get somebody like somebody like him that's kind of been burned out on the, the whole political system, uh, you know, can get them excited. And if you still want to do politics, get here to New Hampshire. Because three or four hours a day of effort put into New Hampshire politics really gets your return. It really will. More on the way. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk.
Talk Live, only moments remain. Just enough time for your call. If you make it now at 1-800-259-9231, that is the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, again, freetalklive.com. And if you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can promote the show by going to promote.freetalklive.com. That's where you're going to find a whole list, a bevy of various different things that you can do simply, quickly, in many cases free or very cheap, uh, to help Free Talk Live get into more people's ears around the country and around the world. Go to promote.freetalklive.com to learn about what you can uh, you can do. Some of those things are flyers. Like you can actually print, get a PDF and customize it. So if, if, you, um, if you have Free Talk Live on the air on a radio station in your local area, you can promote that. Or you can just promote the website. Or you can promote contacting local stations to try to get Free Talk Live on. So there's a lot you can do with the flyers. And it kind of brings me back real quick to a Guy's call from a moment ago. Guy in New York had called to ask, well, what else are we doing besides Free Talk Live as far as activism is concerned? And I I talked about freekeen.com, which is my other website, which is a blog site focusing on liberty activism here in the Keene, New Hampshire area. Of course, the Free State Project in general, there's a, a lot of stuff going on. But one of the things that is happening now is that we're getting um, new people in. Uh, of course, First 1000 is uh, is happening this year. By the end of this year, a thousand people will be in the state of New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. That doesn't include the hundreds of others that are getting excited that have already been here in New Hampshire. I think that there's um, just because the, I, I understand that the website only has 550 people listed yeah. as movers, but I'm certain there's a lot more because it, it's not easy to sign up as having moved. I don't think moved. Julia's brother has uh, told anybody. I don't he's know moved that yet. I have. I don't know that <laughs> I've signed up. I, you know, and I've been here almost two years now. Well, I know I was mover number 420. As I recall. I think you might have taken care of it for me. I'm not sure, though. I don't remember any of it. But my point is that there are more people moving in here every single week, new people moving to New Hampshire. And last week at Social Sundays, which is a weekly kind of hangout event that we have here in the Keene area, we had like 22 or 23 people show up to this. And... I mean, that's huge. That's the biggest yeah. number that we've had. This is just for little old Keene with, you know, a total of 25,000 people living in the area. 23 people showed up to Social Sundays. And now and, and we... it doesn't seem like that much, but think about your Libertarian Party meetings or whatever. <laughs> I mean, you know, that's just, it's, it's, it's a huge number. Try to get yeah. 23 people out to a Liberty um, event wh- mm. where you are. The only time I ever saw that many people at a Libertarian Party function down in Florida was the election night party. Yeah, there were yeah, about that was 30 awesome. people there then, and that was it. Anyway, so my point is there are new people coming in, and new people means new ideas being thrown out into the mix, new brainstorming possibilities, new things are being thought up that hadn't been thought up before, and new ideas or old ideas can resurface that are possible now that weren't possible before. So, for instance, the uh, Fully Informed Jury Association thing, since we've got enough people now, somebody can take the lead on that. I've always said, you know, I really would like to do Fija, but I just don't feel like organizing it because I've got enough on my plate. So somebody else stepped up now, and he's organizing the Fija thing. The first time he put it together, there were five or six people that came out at 8 in the morning, stood around outside of the courthouse for 45 minutes and handed out fully informed jury association brochures informing the potential jurors of their right to nullify the law itself. So all of this is possible now, whereas it wasn't as possible or, or uh, two years ago. And we're also seeing something happening where uh, we're talking about finding out of where all the bulletin boards are around town, the various different coffee shops, mm-hmm. college campuses, because in smaller towns or you know places that aren't big cities... Bulletin boards count. Bill 
bulletin boards are huge, and so we're going to be targeting bulletin boards with liberty-oriented messages and flyers and things like that. So that's something that we're working on now. And again, there's a lot that can happen the more people are here because people with the ideas can just say, hey, I've got this idea. Who wants to help? And the people that are, are interested in that, they just step right up and they jump on board. It's really amazing the, uh, the activism synergy that we've got going on here. Everybody gets along so well with one another, and they're just the, the best people you could possibly want to be around. And so it just keeps growing, and it, and it keeps feeding on itself, and new people come in, and they feed their ideas in. And, and one of those people that's going to be here soon is Sam from Texas. He's on the amp line. Sam, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, good evening, gentlemen. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? We've been talking quite a bit about, yeah, what can be done. Uh, The police state kind of advancing down the road towards tyranny is very frustrating. There's not really anything that uh, an individual can do to stop it. And, I mean, I see that, and it's it's something that really upsets me at times. But I think, you know, anything that generates discussion, that gets people thinking, is something that's going to be effective in stopping it eventually. I mean, sure, we'd all like to just change it and and snap our fingers and the police state goes away and, you know, everybody's living happily. But Mm -hmm. that's not going to happen because most people don't realize that, you know, there's moral. Most people don't see the the moral issues that we see and they don't see the logic behind our positions. Right. Anything that that we can do to kind of generate that discussion, I, I think, is effective. Right, because the position of a lot of Americans right now is cheering on the police state, saying, well, if, uh, you know, down in Denver where they're building a concentration camp for people that they, the police decide they don't like for whatever reason, the people on some of the comments on those articles are saying, yeah, well, that's what you get when you do things that are illegal. Exactly. I mean, what? The, pe- the people that were confiscated in New York City were walking down the sidewalk. I was reading one of the uh, the blog posts about what happened in New York City, which is the same sort of situation. Political convention, people rounded up, people were on the sidewalk just dr- walking and playing instruments, and the police rounded those people up. And, and I think one of the measures of how effective is what I'm doing is when you see bureaucrats getting upset, not not in an angry way, but in a way that's challenging their beliefs, that's causing them to be in the question about what they've always just assumed to be true. And doing this kind of stuff, even if they do lash out, the result is going to be more activists being woken up and inspired to, uh, to get up and do something for themselves. I hope you're right, Sam, and I hope that it doesn't get to the point where if they are putting people into concentration camps, it just cows people and scares them into doing nothing. Because don't you think that's a possibility? Uh, yeah, I think it is. But Again, you know, where, where's the safest place to be in that eventuality? I mean, I'd say it's around New Hampshire where you have the other activists to right. support the cameras and everything else. Yeah, I think that could be that uh, that... that factor that you need to tip that scale that that individual uh, might have to say, well, uh, if I was by myself, I wouldn't want to do anything. But gosh, if I was in New Hampshire with all these other great activists, then maybe we'd have a chance and maybe I should get up there. So I could see that if you're all by yourself down in Miami or, you know, wherever it is that you are and, you know, they're building concentration camps and putting people in there, that would scare you into doing nothing. But if you saw that the New Hampshire activists were having success in their efforts, then that might uh, encourage you to, to move, which is one of the reasons why I moved sooner rather than later. I didn't want to stay down in Florida and keep flying under the radar, which is how I was living my life. I wasn't living it in the way I really wanted to live it, and I felt like I would have more freedom if I moved up to New Hampshire to live as I wanted to, and it's true. I absolutely do, and I'm surrounded by people that support me in my uh, choice to live my life how I want, and it's an unprecedented, amazing feeling to be up here surrounded by people like this. Yeah, and that's the exact same reason I'm moving 
Uh, Mark, I have a question for you. You commented in my email to Cynthia that I was a little bit maybe combative. Um, this is one I, of the I local bureaucrat, one of the local uh, politicians here in Keene. Yeah, I commented on the air, not in the email. I didn't send anything undermining your email to, to Cynthia. No, no. Yeah, no, I understand. But, and that's what I wanted to ask you about. I feel like that's a necessary step to make these people. I, there's a difference between personal attacks, which I think are completely ineffective, and challenge, do, saying things that connect them to their acts, to their what it is that they're standing for and what it is they're creating out in the world. And if that's violence, then pointing that out, sure, it makes them uncomfortable, but I think, again, it causes them to kind of question, do you think that's ineffective? Or I, I think there's some value to it. I just don't know that Cynthia is the right target. She just happens to have her head up the highest because she's the local radio show host. It seems to me that, uh, you know, you, <laughs> that folks like Cynthia would be brought along in the, uh, in the push as opposed to, you know, going after people. The, the most pro-liberty, uh, apparently, she's, I'm not saying she's pro-liberty, um, that in fact she thinks about liberty. I'm just saying she's the smallest government uh, city council person that we have of the 15 that we have in Keene, uh, you know, it, it just seems like there's there's bigger targets. Okay. I have to say, Sam, I think it's it's an interesting approach. Uh, and but there's I think always going to be somebody who's out there um, saying that uh, your activism stinks. So yeah, don't worry I, about it, Sam. I say keep I say keep at it. I mean, you haven't gotten a negative response from her yet, have you? No, I haven't. Okay, then then as far as I'm concerned, then it's been a success so far, and you should continue to experiment, because that's what we're doing up here. I mean, we're really, a lot of this is experimental activism, seeing what works and what doesn't, and, and trying new things, and doing things that heretofore would have been impossible, because we just simply didn't have the numbers. I know, Sam, you've got a lot of ideas about what we can do in and out of the courtroom to really kind of stir things up that you haven't even barely shared with people, and so there are going to be some new new ideas surfacing as more new people come here, and as I said, each new person coming here to New Hampshire is Part of the Free State Project is an additional person for the brainstorming process and uh, to help us get active and achieve liberty in our lifetime. You got it. Thanks, Sam, for all the great work. Oh, and by the way, Sam, are you going to put out uh, part two of that video up sometime soon? Probably tomorrow. All right, very good. Go to ObscuredTruth.com, see part one of Sam's visit to the Plano Police Department Cop Day and what happened with his uh, conflict with the bureaucrats there. And, of course, part two coming up shortly at ObscuredTruth.com. It's been Ian here with you. And Mark. We'll see you online between tomorrow and, uh, tomorrow night and now at FreeTalkLive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.